Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. It's a real privilege to be here, as I've said, and to start this series is is a real honour because it's something that's very close to my heart and has been for a long, long time. See, what you need to understand about uh, human beings is that we were created in the image of God and we were created as triune beings. That is that we are not one part beings, we have three parts to our being. We are a body, we are a soul, which is made up of our mind, our will and our emotions. And we also are a spirit. And so if I could say it this way, we are a spirit that owns a soul that lives or is housed in a body. And every part of our being is really, really important. And if we neglect any part of our being, we will lose that area of our life. Would that be fair to say? If you neglect the garden, you'll lose the garden. And so whatever it is you neglect in life, you'll lose. And so it's been a real passion of mine over the years not to neglect any one of these areas of my life, And as a church leader, to encourage people not to neglect any one of those areas in your life. Um, I also believe that uh, if we can be uh, strong in at least two of those three areas at any one time, uh, the two can overpower the weakness of the one. And so what I'm really trusting and hoping and praying and believing for through this series is that we will be strengthened in all three areas. But if any one time a particular area of our life is a little bit weak, then we will have two of those areas really strong at all times in order to be able to gang up on the one because two can overpower one, yeah? That's my thinking. For example, if you are strong spiritually and you are strong in the area of your soul, but you're feeling a little bit weak in your physical being, the two that are strong can gang up on the one. And so when your body doesn't feel like going to the gym, a strong spirit and a strong mind can say, Hey, body, get up, get out of bed and get to the gym. Yeah? And so those two strong areas can pick on the weak one. But if we have two weak areas and only one strong area, the strong area comes under attack. Or sorry, the weak, yeah, the... The weaker area comes under attack by the two stronger ones. And so we want to stay strong in these, uh, at least two of these three areas at any one given time. Does that make sense? And so what we want to do is be very, very practical over the next three weeks. Uh, And I don't consider myself an expert in any one of these areas. And that's why we've enlisted the help of some key players who are, uh, well, learners in those areas, but probably a little bit further down the track than most of us, and we can draw off their wisdom and their expertise. How does that sound? And so tonight, we are going to be looking at the body or the physical area of our life. Um, Some Christians, okay, and I want to apologise. As a Christian, I want to apologise to all the non-Christians or those who don't like Christians or those who don't like church because of the Christians who have 
you know, had a very strong stance on the fact that the body doesn't mean anything or it doesn't count for anything. Um, I, I, I don't hold to that notion. Uh, I believe that uh, the body is important. It's a gift given to us by God and therefore should be looked after. Uh, and I would challenge anyone who doesn't believe the physical is important. If you ever do get sick, then don't ask us to pray for you because you've just said yourself it's not important. I th- <laughs> I think when we're not well and we're sick, we realise just how important uh, a healthy body is. Amen. Um, And so I just want to quickly uh, share a scripture in 3 John chapter 2. And it simply says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. And that is my prayer for each and every one of us in this place, that we would enjoy good health. Everyone say good health. Excellent. I believe in both divine healing and divine health. And so the goal tonight is simply to educate and inspire you to be a fitter, healthier you. Turn to the person next to you and say fitter and healthier. This is not about becoming the next Mr. Universe, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Miss Australia. This is about us getting in shape. And for all of you who are a little bit uh, worried now, just remember, round is a shape. (laughs) Having said that, uh, it is with an absolute great delight, I want to introduce a long-term friend of mine. Uh, We've been friends for 20 years. Uh, Her name is Lee Curtis. Would you please welcome Lee Curtis? to the stage. Grab a seat over there, I think. Over there, ladies to my right. How's that? So say hello. Hi, how you doing? Fantastic. 20 years, wow. You, you did promise me that I was going to burst out of a broccoli, so I'm not sure what happened. We just couldn't arrange it in time. I'm so sorry about that. Anyway, take a seat, Lee. That'd be just awesome. It's going to be one of those kind of nights. Uh, I want to say this with all due respect that uh, the person who I'd asked to come and fill this other chair uh, was unable to come. Um, He's a long-term friend of mine and has been a personal trainer for many, many years. In actual fact, uh, many of you would have uh, remembered Trent from uh, probably six years ago. He came and did something similar six years ago. Unfortunately, he was not able to be here. um, And so I had to look for somebody else. And I thought, who better than our very own, a homegrown personal trainer. And I say that to say this, this, is, this can be quite daunting up here. And uh, he, he, he uh, put his hand up and said, I'd love to do it, I think. And so I want you to encourage Jason Swert as he comes to the platform, that'd be great. Look at you go. Mate, good to see you. I'm not a personal trainer, I just want to say that. Uh, If you you need a gym contract, come to Next Gen. There we go. All right. Fantastic. All right. So um, I'm just going to uh, give you a little bit of uh, info about yourself. Lee, why don't you just uh, fill us in on a few details, married, kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Can you do that? Sure. All the uh, the preliminaries. All the preliminaries. That'd be great. um, I am married and only been married for a couple of years, so... It's all very exciting, really enjoying that. I have a 28-year-old son, a man-child, so that's kind of a bit surprising, looking at a six-foot-three and going, yeah, I know, I produce that, Um, is always kind of interesting. Um, I work as a PT, uh, so I get to deal with um, 
helping people reach their goals, really, and helping people get a bit of a reality check on some of the ideals that we have that kind of haunt us and um, some of the things that we know we need to do that we don't do. So I'm kind of that person that just kind of comes along, listens to what you have to say and go, this is what I really think you're saying and trying to help people get along. So really, really fulfilling. Um, yeah. We've and had... you did something for the very first time last year? Not what last year, 2013. 2013. So, um, so I'm 49. I entered a bodybuilding comp at 47, which was kind of like people were a bit like, oh, that's a bit silly. But I think, you know, it's like, you know, you have... We the... may even have a few photos if you want to have a quick look. The actual... My dad came along and said, I just, I liked it all, but the fake smiles didn't really work. Let me tell you what's happening when you're smiling like that. You're exhaling, because you actually have to get all the air out your body so that you make every muscle pop. So if the smile looks fake, that's why, because it is. It's just like, squeezing it out. There we go. All right, okay. <laughs> that Fantastic. one get up there. Yes, yeah, right, so I, I did. I won four state titles. Um, and I had to listen to lots of people uh, sort of saying things like, oh, yeah, I used to train, but I'm sort of mid-30s now, and I thought it's kind of a bit over for me. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, okay, that's your story. But, yeah, so it was really good, really awesome to whip some younger people on stage and go, yeah. So you're never too old, never too late. Are there any old people in the house? <laughs> Good answer. Everyone's young. This is amazing. Awesome. What, what do you tell us a little about yourself, Jace? Oh, well, um, firstly, sorry, I'm nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I've been here for about eight years or so. It's a bit of a long story. Some of you might know it. Um, basically, I just started training as a way to try to stay positive, if you will. Um, fortitude of mind it definitely helps with moving forward into all aspects. So, um, yeah, so... I've gone blank. That's fine. <laughs> do, do we have any photos of you? No. Because no, I haven't competed yet, so. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, Here, here's my first question. Um, and I think it's a, it's a fairly obvious one, but I thought I'd just throw it out there anyway. Um, food and movement uh, would be key to physical health. If you could have just one of those, which one would it be? No, I'm asking, yeah, you're you. asking us. It's a, ter it's a terribly pitched question because, you know, I would have to say you have to have both of those. But if I had to choose one to give someone the most traction in terms of their health, I'd definitely have to go food. Would you agree with that, Chase? <laughs> yeah. Just wondering about audience participation. <laughs> What's that? I was just looking for, a, like, I know I'm from the South, but... You, oh, you didn't tell them? Oh, no, sorry. No, I meant, like, it's very North-South. There uh, we go. <laughs> You right? Yep. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Excellent. So, obviously, when it comes to physical health, um, it comes down to two main things, obviously. Uh, you've got to eat the right foods and you've got to do some movement or some exercise. And if it came down to one, you've just said, look, probably prioritise food. With that in mind, I've got some questions around food. So, let's talk food. Um, question number one, for all those who may be looking at starting but not quite sure where to go, they're keen to get in shape, but they don't know where to start. What would you say to these wonderful people tonight? I, I guess it's really working out where you want to go. It's like anything. You've got to work out the destination before you work out how you're going to get there. 
So I get a lot of, uh, a lot of my clients, probably 75% of my clients are females and they'll pretty much say the same things. They want to get rid of the flabby arms. They want to sort of have a bit of a booty. Is that okay to say in church? Yeah. Um, they want to have a bit of a You don't got any problem with booty. Not necessarily Kardashian, but just something happening there. Um, and they want abs. So yeah, you sort of hear that as a bit of a common goal, but just, I just sort of say, like, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? So you've really got to work out where you're going to go. It's like anything. You're not going to get on a certain bus to take you to a certain destination. Um, that number bus is going to take you somewhere. So uh, work out what it is that you want, and then I guess you've got to start getting a game plan on how to get there. Um, and that can be as easy as just saying, okay, right, this week I'm actually going to do something about it. So I've got a, like a fit friend who kind of goes to the gym or they play tennis or they do something. I want to make a time to have a coffee with them this week, low skim, um, like skim milk, uh, no, hot, no chocolate on top, you know, that sort of kind of coffee catch up. I was, I was joking, sorry. Um, <laughs> But that kind of coffee catch up and just get moving. Just start doing something because what you'll find is as you make a decision, a quality decision that you're going to do something about it, doors will start to open and you'll be on that journey. Jason, do you want to add to that or are you happy with that as an answer, as a starting place? Oh, no, definitely. I'd say if you want to make a change, the first thing to do is obviously assess yourself where you want to go and then look to those that have gone ahead. Um, so as Lee said, you can meet up with someone who's probably in good shape maybe or better shape, someone that you look up to, that you maybe want to look like and then just ask them some questions, you know, but definitely get the information and then go out and put it together. Fantastic. Cool. I'm going to mention the D word now. What is the best diet out there? I'm what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> You're bailing. The D word. Diet. I, yeah, I don't like the word diet. I'll tell you why, because I'm mainly picking up the loose ends of people who have bought the latest fad diet. So it's like, you know, I'm going to do shakes and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you've got to realise the fitness industry is very much designed to sell you a quick fix because that's what people want. People hit a boiling point, a point of frustration where they're like, I can't stand it. I can't stand hearing myself say this anymore. I'm going to do something about it. And then, you know, media comes and sells you that quick fix answer. My question is, you know, to a client that approaches me like that, Breathe the diet is are you, what's, what happens after the 12 weeks. So you're going to juice for the rest of your life? Do you not like the taste of food or the motion of chewing? Because at some point you're going to miss that and it's going to kind of kick in. So, you know, for me, it's about looking at putting sustainable little changes in place. And I get more excited about clients who will make one change. Like I'll say to people in terms of their diet, what are, what are you eating? And they'll go, oh, you know, I have chicken salad for lunch and I have this and I have that. And it, it sounds amazing. And you look at them and you go, gee, something's wrong here because the energy equation of energy going in versus energy going out is not adding up with all those chicken salads and oats for breakfast. And then you go, so what's one thing you could do this week that would actually change that formula so that we've got less energy going in than out? And they'll basically say, oh, maybe stop eating blocks of chocolate at night. So, you know, that might be... Like, that might be, as crazy as that sounds, that might be better for you than the shake diet. Because if you can put that in place and have that sort of once a week as a treat and put it in the treat space, then um, you're going to have sustainable lifestyle change. And that's going to not just drop weight, that's going to keep it off forever. Cool. Jace, there's lots of books out there on food, food preparation, dieting, etc., etc., etc. And a lot of them seem to contradict themselves. Is there one particular book or a couple of books that are the best ones and you should throw all the rest away? 
Uh, no, I'd say probably not. Everyone's body is different, and therefore uh, what might work for one person might not work for another. I think as Lee touched upon, a lot of these books are based purely on very short-term solutions. So you'll find that generally you eat in a specific way, you pick up a book, you make the initial changes and it works, but then it stops working. Um, so with that said, I think it would more just be around you learning your own body, how to eat, what it tolerates, what it doesn't tolerate. And a lot of that comes from trial and error. So like myself, um, I'm not really uh, learned on eating, but I've learned my body over time. Um, and I would put that to anyone else out there. You know, generally there, there are those things that you just know to be true, like fried foods and a lot of processed sugars, etc., um, which are just no-nos. But generally speaking, you know, you need to assess your own body what it wants, and then take it from there. Fantastic. Does anyone out there have a book on dieting of some sort? At least one. Anyone? No. Anyone have two? <laughs> anyone have three? <laughs> oh my gosh. We're going to give a free donut to the person who has the most. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. That is good. Uh, which is the best diet book? You know what? It really does depend on uh, what works for you. Uh, there's a lot of talk about um, meal preparation. Um, can you explain what meal preparation is? Is it important? Yeah, and I think just for those people who have bought every book, I think it's more just an expression of wanting to find an answer. And the, the industry is very convincing, so you may just have eliminated a lot of ways to not worry about it too much. Um, food preparation, I find, is probably one of the number one things that uh, with clients they'll ask them, are they prepared to actually do? Because I don't know about you, but for me, when I eat the wrong things or eat too much, it's usually because I've been caught out. So I get caught out, I'm busy, and then suddenly I'm hungry. I'm like not just a little bit hungry. I'm like, get out the way. I could just rip your arm off hungry. Um, we have a rule in our house about after workouts. You can't get in between me and the kitchen. It's kind of one of those, do you do that? No, no one else? No, I'm sorry. I was just hypothetically. But... Um, yeah, meal prep is really, really important, just not being caught out. So you'll see some people travelling around with those cooler bags now. It's kind of a bit funky, you know, you get them in different colours and stuff like that. You don't necessarily have to go to that extreme. Uh, but, yeah, just being prepared and working out what you're going to have uh, for your meals. And it'll just, it'll save you a huge amount of headache. The other thing that it'll do is it'll just stabilise you during the day. When your body has regular hits of food coming in, you won't crave. You'll just feel really in control of food, which is a really nice feeling. So food preparation, paramount. I, for me personally, I usually um, shop and prep on a Sunday for a couple of hours and then I've got my week, you know, first four days of the week kind of sorted and then I'll have maybe 10 or 15 minutes each morning where I'll just pack things up and take them and that kind of works well for me. But I've played around with different things. Like um, Jay said, you've got to just sort of work out what works for you so it's not necessarily one size fits all, but get onto it because what your main goal is to know what you're eating, making sure that it's nice and healthy and that you're prepared so you don't get caught out because otherwise you just set yourself up to fail, you know. It's not that you're weak or, you know, you're just you know, so pathetic at this. It's just you're not prepared. So it can be that simple. As the cooler king that you are, if anyone who knows Jace is carrying a big bag with all his food in it, um, you, you must have something to say about this, the importance of meal preparation, maybe explain to us how you prepare your food, how long that takes, etc. Absolutely. I think preparation is fundamental to everything in life if you're going to be successful. I mean, if you're going to work, you get up, you prepare for it. 
Um, it's like anything, you're going on a holiday, you pack, you prepare for it. So if you want to get in shape, you're going to have to get used to preparing for things. Yeah. Food is obviously something that is at the foundation. Yeah. So it's like you're going to have to make the time to prepare. It doesn't take me too long. I've got my meals mapped out for the week and it takes me two hours. You know, what's that, two episodes of MasterChef? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's really about what's important to you at the end of the day. So I'll probably prep my meals for an hour on Sunday afternoon. And then on a Wednesday, and that sees me through the week. That way I don't fail. Are you saying you should pre uh, prepare your food while MasterChef is on? Is that what you're saying? That's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, Lee, let me throw to you. Um, obviously, we're busy people, and if we just lived at home, it'd be a lot easier just to be able to do everything you've just said. Um, but we're not. We, we are here, there, and everywhere people, and some people are jumping on planes, etc. Uh, what are some good snacks, easy-to-pack foods? Um, well, the easy, like the getting caught out kind of thing. I always fall back on Subway, not a plug here, but um, I'll find that the, their salads and stuff, if you ever get caught out without your lunch, that can be actually a really good option. Just don't be seduced by the wrap because that's actually more calories than the, the buns. Yeah, that's a bit seductive, isn't it? Um, but snacks, just anything that's grown would be probably a good start. Anything that's kind of, so, you know, any piece of fruit, apple, um, you know, banana, whatever. Um, little handful of uh, almonds, a uh, little tin of tuna. It is really important to snack and graze throughout the day because you're just sending a message to your body that it doesn't have to go into survival mode and store everything, that it's got a constant supply coming through. So, yeah, pretty much. So is fruit not the bad guy? Is uh, fruit fruit's, okay? fruit's not the bad guy. Carbs aren't the bad guy. Again, they're all very sexy selling sort of diets, but they're not actually based on... They'll get you really quick results, but they're not good in terms of your health and they're not sustainable uh, long-term so, yeah, fruit's definitely not the enemy, and uh, nor are carbs. Cool. Grace, what would you do? <laughs> Just a quick snack? I wouldn't be stuck. Um, no, definitely go for, something that's, <laughs> go for something that's natural. I mean, you've got those convenience stores, service stations everywhere. You can pick up, like, a bag of nuts, if you will, maybe a protein bar. Uh, is there such a thing as a good protein bar? Probably not. But if you have one occasion, that would be okay. You can have a Quest bar. This plug's going on. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would just say if you want like a Titan bar or something like that, just get honest and say this is my favourite chocolate bar. But if you want, yeah, a Quest, a Quest bar. But I'd still kind of put it in the treat sort of zone. I, I don't think you can live on bars and stuff like that. Like to me, it's another diet concept. Just personal opinion. Fantastic. Uh, what about this one? Uh, some tips for eating less. Tips for eating less, I would have to say, uh, check that you're actually hungry first. Uh, I would never th have thought that I was an emotional eater. Just don't worry, it's not going to get sad. There's no tissues or anything required. But, but you know when you're actually, you know actually really when you're tired, that's a zone where you just go, oh, I might just, oh. You actually just need a nap. It's like when someone's kids are mucking up, they're like, oh, they're just tired. We'll just put them to bed, you know? It's like, that's what you need to do. You need to go, I just need a nap. And you might be like, oh, that's not really kosher at work, just micro-napping. <laughs> uh, so that could be a bit awkward. <laughs> um, but yeah, just check the messages. So are you tired? Because you actually might not need anything. Are you thirsty? Did you know that your body actually can't tell the difference between hunger and thirst? So you might actually just be thirsty. So eliminate some of these options first. And then I'd say things, really practical things, like eat slowly. It's like, like not the last meal you're ever going to have. 
a friend of mine said that, you know, he practices putting his knife and fork down because he's like a shoveler. Who said that? Was that uh, me? I think I said that, didn't I? I did say I wouldn't tell anyone. Okay, cool. But, but it's a good, a good habit. So, you know, just pausing. Because if, if actually the goal is I like the taste of food, so therefore I'm going for my second bowl, wouldn't it make sense that if you have the same amount over 20 minutes, you're actually going to come out with less consequences and more taste because you haven't gone and like... <laughs> so basically the message is don't inhale your food... It's meant to be chewed, enjoy it, taste it, make it last. And then by the time you've got there, we have little hormones in our body that actually release a message saying, okay, that's enough now, we can stop. And if you get that message and then you still keep going, then there's other things at play. Then it might be a little bit more emotional than you realise. And we've all done it. So, yeah. Have you ever put your knife or fork down while you're chewing your food to slow down? No, I use a spade. A little confession here. I I need to feel I need to explain myself. Um, I got sick to death of my wife kicking me under the table for eating too fast, and so it's my little mechanism to put my knife and fork down, uh, chew my food, swallow it, pick the knife and fork up, just in order to slow me down and save me getting bruising on my leg. (laughs) So that's what that was. All about. Uh, Tips for eating less, Jace, or would you just agree with all that or anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, probably just drink some more water. A lot of people don't drink enough. Um, Your body has to push it out, so it gives you that full, sad, like, feeling. How much is too much water? How much is not enough water? Uh, It depends on the individual, so... Roughly? uh, (laughs) Step in the dark? It depends how much you're exercising. I'd say ballpark figure, two and a half litres. Who drinks two and a half litres of water here? A few hands, that's awesome. No, don't answer them. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, you enjoying this? Learning something? Getting lots of things out of it? Fantastic. Um, the term, I'll throw this one to you, uh, emotional eating. Uh, I've heard that a lot. Uh, can you explain that? Emotional eating. Yeah, I think, um, as I said, for me, just realising that I'm tired and then that's going to prompt me to want energy and then my body's going to go, okay, where was your last energy fix? Well, you actually felt quite a bit of energy last time you ate. Uh, is going to be is going to send that sort of behaviour that I'm going to want to eat. I guess the other thing is that we develop certain patterns in life that uh, we associate food with a reward or a good feeling, or it can be out of comfort or loneliness and etc. The only problem with it, I guess, is you get the kickback on the other side where people will have that momentary pleasure and then the guilt kicks in. And so that, that obviously is something that um, can be really hard to sort of deal with. And it is really about rewiring around the whole association with food, depending on how deep it is for you. But I think just the awareness of saying, hang on a second, am I actually hungry or is there something else going on here? Because you might just need to ring that friend and sort that situation out or you might just need to have that nap or you might just need to have that drink or whatever. But yeah, it's a really, uh, it's a really big deal, the whole emotional eating thing. And I guess... You know, you wouldn't go out and get completely plastered because you like, you know, that that's not going to have some good repercussions for you. But we will do that with food, and gluttony seems to be much more accepted than you know alcohol and that sort of thing. So, 
it's difficult because I think, you know, reality is, is if you do struggle with that area, it's kind of quite visible. Whereas, you know, if you struggle with worry, uh, it's not necessarily as visible. So I think that just gives us a whole lot of room to be much more gracious with each other and go, hey, you know what, we're all on a learning you know, journey here and uh, it takes time to work stuff out. And some stuff's more visible than others. But, yeah, I think if you recognise first awareness, just to recognise that that's a pattern that's in place. And then what can you do as a substitute? So for me, behaviour change is best when it's not about abstinence or, like, completely trying to keep away from something, but it's actually substituting a behaviour. So I've had women who will say, oh, I'm really lonely at night, so I just eat. And I say, well, what else is there that you'd like to do? And they, they hadn't read a book for ages, but they used to always go to book, you know, bed with a book and a cup of tea. And I'm like, why don't you start to put that behaviour in place and see if that brings a sense of satisfaction? And so that sort of fills the void. So you're recognising it, you're recognising what's driving it, you're deciding that you want to change the behaviour, then you're challenging it with substitutes of new things. Fantastic. Jace, I'm going to throw this question at you. You've talked about uh, meal preparation uh, and obviously a lot of discipline involved in that. Um, do you ever reward yourself or just um, eat some junk food or anything? Is there, is there any place for that in your thinking? Never used to be, um, but I think a lot of what you said about almost when you work and then you need that celebratory period, if you will, I started to think about it more. So uh, cheating's okay. Um, obviously keep it minimal. Don't, don't binge, as Lee said. Um, it definitely has its place in terms of what it can do for you mentally and keep you going. It's almost like resetting, pausing, and then it can push you forward if you need it. Um, and again, hormonally, if you, especially if you're trying to lose weight, it kind of accelerates the, the growth again. So it can be done, but just keep it small. Would you agree with that? Want to elaborate? Yeah, I, I just think, uh, like, it's lifestyle, isn't it? I think, again, it's that whole idea of abstinence and I can't have these things. I'd rather think I have the power to choose whether I want it or I don't want it. So last night we went out, we had dessert, I had the, the whole chocolate thing. My principle is I have a cheat meal once a week, I'm allowed to have whatever I want, a smaller window, like a few hours usually, because otherwise you can do quite a bit of damage, I've discovered, just for me personally. Um, but I don't also want to feel guilty. I don't want to go, oh my God, I'm eating a chocolate, what if someone saw me now? Because as a personal trainer, you're walking down and people like, look what's in your shopping trolley, they're just trying to catch you out, you know? It's like, oh good, that's my reason to buy Cocoa Pops, you know? So, they just want to find that flaw or that fault, but I, I want to have that sense of mastery. So I want to be able to say, yeah, I can go out, I can have a cheat meal, I can enjoy it, I don't feel guilty the next day, I don't feel like I have to run to the gym the next day and do extra cardio and stuff like that. And if you're living really clean during the week, uh, then I think, you know, reality is it's actually really quite good for your body because your body will recalibrate around the calories that it has coming in. And it gets, the body is incredible adaptive machine. Like it just will recalibrate around what's coming in and it'll get very efficient about how it uses it. So it'll stop major bodily functions if it has to, just to make sure that it survives on that. So, you know... I think it's actually really important in terms of mental health. During the week, I'll go, I'll look at something and I'll want it and I'll go, you know what, you could be my Saturday night, you know, I, if, if, if I choose. <laughs> if, I've got more of a life than just being home with a chocolate on a Saturday night. Just, just, just want to clarify that, but... <laughs> just turn my mic off when you need to. 
Oh, you've actually thrown my next question. I had a thought in my head and now it's just gone with that last. Shall I talk until you? With, no, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Uh, what I, one thing I appreciate about you, Lee, is there's a measure of discipline, but you seem to avoid the extremes. Do you want to explain that? Well, I think the thing for me is I'm dealing with, and I've, I do, I've done it myself, I find it very easy to live in the extremes. I can go, right, I'm on a 12-week challenge. I'm not going to touch anything. I'm not going to eat a burger. I'm not going to even smell, you know, chocolate or, or whatever. Uh, I can go to that extreme and then I can go to the extreme like, oh, that's not working. I really need some food. Whoa. And it's, you know, and I'm pretty much dealing with people who live really well in the extremes and they're both actually an expression of the same thing. So when you really go without, it's this extreme discipline uh, and you're, you're feeling good about it because you're in control and you're you know, holding on to everything for that moment. And then the extreme indulgence. But what's really hard is just to walk that line to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to have a couple of squares of chocolate and that's it. That's actually really, really difficult. So the actual issue is an issue of self-control. Uh, and, and that's what I'm dealing with is that people don't mind throwing huge amounts of money, huge amounts of uh, time and whatever right at the beginning when they start, but, but then when the frustration wears off and they just realise that they can't sustain this, then they go to the other extreme. So I think avoid where you can the extremes and find a lifestyle that matches the body that you want. From, for me, coming from comp and pushing my body to the extreme, which was the goal, I actually wanted to see what I could do. And now I'm trying to find where is it in terms of I like having popcorn when I go to the movies. I like having a Saturday night cheat. I like not feeling guilty about that. And I put that in with my lifestyle of training and that equals the body that I've got now. So if I want that body to be different, then I have to change the cost that's involved. Right now, that's kind of where I'm sitting. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think we just need to be really real about some of the images that we have and what we're prepared to do to live like that. Because it just can't be your whole life. If you do decide to do a comp or something like that, it's a season, it's a focus. But, you know, we have other things in our world that we need to be getting on with. And I think that's what you're actually road mapping is for this amount of exercise, this amount of input, this is... And then you can live free of the tyranny. So many women say to me, I want a six-pack. I pushed that journey and found that I have to be about 9% body fat to have a six-pack. That's a very unhealthy body weight for a female. So I've now had to accept that. So, you know, my tops are a little bit baggier. That's my way of dealing with it. That, that's the honest truth. I push my body to the limit. I know now what that is, and I just need to accept that that's where I'll store my... Yeah, so I've given away my secret now. There we go. Uh, I think uh, Lee's touched on something that's really crucial to this whole series, uh, and that is not taking some teaching and then becoming extreme in the other area. Um, I think of some people who, who used to be a heavy smoker, and now they're a reformed smoker, and I think they're more annoying as a reformed smoker than when they used to smoke. <laughs> And, and, and both these extremes can actually be detrimental and we don't want anyone to uh, live in either extreme. We, we want to live in the, the balance and the health of life. And so I, I trust that you're taking some of this, uh, not all of it. I doubt that everything here is for everyone, um, but that you take something that will help you move from where you are to a, 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 a healthier place uh, without getting into an extreme and getting into bondage again. Um, how does that sound? I have so many more questions, but I want to get on to the exercise. Can I just ask one more quick question? 
and it's not one that uh, we've um, touched on, but um, can you explain to us why eating, uh, say, five or six smaller meals in one day is better uh, than eating, say, two or three bigger meals? Because that doesn't make sense when you think about it. Well, if you're eating less meals, surely you would uh, have less weight. Right, good point. Yeah. Yeah, so but if you're eating meals... six meals, as most people think, I want to lose weight, so I'll eat less. But you're saying, no, I should eat more regularly. Yeah, I would say that there's a couple of reasons for that. Did I get well, that right? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few Did reasons. Did I get that right? <laughs> You've lost me. I think he's waiting for the take his shirt off part. I think he is. <laughs> you do that later at home by yourself, okay? So your body has to regulate its blood sugar levels, and if it doesn't get food coming in, you're going to get a, an insulin spike, which is basically sending a message to your body that needs some energy. So what you want to do is just let your body know, hey, everything's safe. It's all, it's all all right. There's constant supply of food coming in. You don't need to freak out. So that's, I guess, one of the reasons. The other thing is, like, your body can only absorb 30 gram hits of protein, so it's going to store whatever it doesn't need to fat. So that might be like 120 grams of chicken, if we were to get technical. But um, So yeah, your body doesn't need an excess. And I think our portion sizes are just really quite big. So yeah, just having that constant hit, so really making your body feel nice and safe, making your blood sugars nice and stable uh, would be two reasons that I would think of offhand. Smaller portions, more regularly. Fantastic. Helpful? Yeah. Let's move from food then and let's talk uh, exercise. Um, and uh, if, again, we start with those who aren't doing anything right now, uh, for those in this place who aren't doing any exercise and they wanted to know where to start, where would you suggest? Whatever you enjoy, I guess. that will be more sustainable moving forward. So if you've never exercised before, obviously start with just walking or just lightly running and then up it from there, I guess. Yep. Lee? Yeah, I'd agree. I'd just say move. Just, just, get, <laughs> just, just basically move. So would this count? <laughs> well, you know, to some degree, yes. <laughs> That's Zumba, isn't it? No. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Am I good at it? Yeah, you're actually not bad. Yeah, I think okay. we need to see what's happening with the lower part. But Okay. <laughs> yeah, I look, I think, I think the reality is look at where you're currently at. If you sit at a desk all day and you get up and go for a lunchtime walk, that is going to bring about a huge amount of change um, in your life. So you really got to look at, at where you're at. Don't go to the extreme. I deal with people all the time who are like, I really want to lose weight, but I hate exercise. And my, my sort of answer to that is to say, would you be prepared to just try a few things? Because you might surprise yourself. You know, you don't have to join a gym. There's lots of different things that you could be doing. But if you did decide to go down that track, you know, try a few group fitness classes. You might like boxing or you might like Zumba or you might like something that just gets you moving. Um, so I would say try something. I would say try and get a buddy in on it or jump in on the back of someone else who's sort of doing something. Like if you know someone that's playing tennis and you thought, gee, I wouldn't mind giving that a shot, go out, have a try. Just... All you're doing is finding out, you may be finding out a series of things that you don't enjoy doing, but at least you're ticking them off the list. And at some point, you're going to surprise yourself and go, wow, I actually really enjoyed that. So I'd say, if you're really sedentary, not moving at all, just get moving, whatever it takes, and celebrate the fact that you're doing that. So it doesn't have to be then comparing yourself to, I'm not doing this six times a week. If you make yourself a little challenge this week, then I'm just going to get up at lunchtime, I'm going to walk for 15, 20 minutes, 
you'll feel amazing because the headspace and just seeing that you can comply. It's the first thing I look for with clients is just compliance. Set a goal in place and then comply to it. And then when you build on that, when you get that success, then build on the next layer of success and then build on the next layer. And suddenly, you know, life's a whole lot different and you're moving a whole lot more than you were before. But I'd just say, get moving and give things a try. What would you say to the person who says, but I don't have any time to exercise? I would say, <laughs> which I hear that all the time, um, that pretty much we, is about what you prioritise. So, you know, there's, there's so many ways that you can get moving. And I think the reality is if you camp at that as your answer, then you'll never creatively find a solution. When you challenge that notion to say, okay, well, I don't feel like I have enough time, but what would I do? Like, how could I challenge that notion this week? It's probably going to be enough to kickstart you and actually get you moving. So this week, you know, could be just experimental to say, okay, I've said this, now I'm going to stand up and actually challenge that thought. And if I were to shift my priorities and I needed to just find 20 minutes or 10 minutes, what would that look like? And I bet you, you will find a creative solution because as soon as you remove the reason why it can't happen, suddenly this plethora of opportunities begins to open up. That's good. Jace, explain to us the difference between HIT, H-I-I-T, HIT training and LIS, L-I-S-S training. Explain it to us for those who may have heard of it, those may not have heard it, explain it and then maybe look at the pros and cons of those two. So basically they're two forms of cardio and I think just touching briefly on the whole time being an issue thing, a lot of people tend to be going towards HIT or high intensity, high intensity interval training and that's basically just you making the most of your time in a sense by doing a heightened level of cardiovascular work. So generally it would be around 160, 180 above their heart rate, obviously depending on how fit you are, you may be 120. So, um, <laughs> It's just making the most of your time, and I guess the premise is afterwards you meant to stay in a heightened state of fat burning, whereas low intensity would take more of your time. It's steady state, but you meant to tap into more fat stores while you're doing it, so really it boils down to what you enjoy again um, and what works best for you, but I'd probably say do both if you can. Do you add to that? Yeah, they're basically different fuel sources that are being used. So in the high intensity, if I was going into a high intensity session, I just wouldn't have a carbohydrate source. Hope this isn't too technical. But I wouldn't have a carbohydrate source because high intensity, body's going to look for carbohydrate source as its energy fuel. If I go into a, a steady state, my body's going to burn fat, but it's going to take a lot longer to do it. So if I want to get maximum result, I'm going to go in with protein in my body and I'm going to do a HIT style session. That was just a quick technical thing. So what would the, uh, an average time frame of a HIT training be? About 20, 20 minutes. Yep. And a low intensity? A steady state, if you're just going yep. for 60, 90 minutes. So okay. in terms of time frame, much better, yeah, much better turnaround in terms of investment of time. Helpful? Yeah, Sound good. Uh, weightlifting for women, Lee, I think I'll throw this one to you. Leave you alone. Is that all right? <laughs> I used to teach body pump classes. Does anyone know the Les Mills body pump? And women would come up to me going, oh my, I just loved that class. But you know what? I'm just like so scared that I'm going to get massive. <laughs> and I just want to say to them, if you do, could you write a book? Because I'm going to buy it. Because it's really hard for women to build muscle. We just are designed to sit 
you know, ideally we sit in about the 20 to 25% body fat. Like that's sitting pretty lean as a female. Like our bodies are just designed to carry a lot more fat. So we better get used to it. We're meant to be a bit curvy and stuff like that. So we, I think we should celebrate that a whole lot more. But the reality is, is that lean muscle to build as a female is really, really, it is hard work. So don't worry about getting bulky because women are like, I, I, I deal with a lot of people coming through the door and, and they say, I just want to do cardio. Like, I just want to run because I don't want to get massive. And I'm like, oh, I'll just buy, I would buy your book. I really would. <laughs> I, I'm reminded of Arnold Schwarzenegger when people would look at him and say, uh, I, I, I want to train, but I don't want to look like you. And he would look at them and say, don't worry, you never will. <laughs> uh, which is awesome. Um, what's the time? Oh my gosh, it's going. Uh, quick, 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 quick. Losing weight versus losing body fat. Is that the same thing or is that different? That's really different. Really, really different, which is why all the fad diets work, because you're going to drop on the scales like there's no tomorrow. Um, I won't allow my clients to drop more than a kilo of weight a week, uh, depending on their size, obviously. But reality is, is that you can drop, if you drop too quickly, your body will actually drop muscle as well as uh, fat. So they're two completely different things. So we talk a lot about body recomposition versus losing weight on the scale. So if you build some lean muscle mass, then you actually might not drop as much on the scale, but your metabolism is going to be improved tremendously. Uh, so, yeah, they're definitely not the same thing. Yeah, at all. <laughs> like, I, I mean, that would, be a, that would be a seminar. And we don't have time, yeah? I don't suppose you can answer that any quicker, hey? I could try. <laughs> um, no, just basically go by the mirror, not by the scale. Don't get caught up on the numbers. And a lot of the time, as Lee said, you end up dropping water subcutaneous, so that's in your skin, um, and then sometimes muscle if you're doing excessive cardio, so don't, don't go on that. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, Jay, so we've got two more questions, and then I'm going to wrap up. Uh, it's gone quick. Um, For you. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't Jason done a good job, hey? Well done. Done good, mate, done good. Um, a personal trainer, if someone was thinking uh, of enlisting a personal trainer or some external help at some level, would you see that as a bonus or, or is that taking the easy route? No, I think, um, especially if you've never done any sort of training whatsoever, I mean, you need the guidance. It's like anything in life. And again, you look to someone that's already there, otherwise how can you put it together and just get there? So personal trainers will guide you, that way you're not just going in there blind. So if you can invest in one, I would. Um, and just take it from there. Lee? Yeah, I, I totally think in any area of life, I think you, you can't be an expert across the field. So if I want to go and buy a property, I'm going to go to a real estate agent because they study the market, etc. So same thing with a personal trainer. I would just say, though, make sure you talk to someone that... Uh, actually one, listens, and two, asks you about your goals. Because if they just do the, yeah, I smashed them in that session. <laughs> <laughs> like that would ever happen. 
uh, that's actually, there's a large proportion out there of, and you know what, you know what's sad is that actually people come in on Monday and that's the day they want to be smashed because they've been so bad on the weekend, you know, and they've eaten the wrong food. So they want a punishment workout and the industry is just fitting beautifully together like that. But if you want to take it beyond that, um, I would say, yeah, talk to someone who's going to ask you about your goals and the best way to get you there and how to get you started and from where you're at now. So yeah, not all equal. Got one more question, either of you can answer, uh, and it's in keeping with our body, soul, and spirit uh, theme, and that is, um, is there any emotional, mental benefits from doing physical exercise? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, from a scientific standpoint, for a start, it releases the endorphins, so that makes you happy. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> um, and then I guess from a personal standpoint, yeah, meant a lot to me and it got me through a lot just having to dig deep find that fortitude of mind that automatically creates a, a positive outlook in your mind because you have to get through it um, and that can be said like for any bad day that you might have you know it's like you say you're feeling tired just go in there and get it done and you feel better for it why is that because it's the positive outlook that you're having to pour into that effort right there and that's the takeaway from it fantastic I actually don't know how people deal with stress without it. Full stop. Do you want more? <laughs> she can go on. <laughs> just, just elaborate in two minutes on that thought. For me, I find it really difficult to switch off. And so to be able to go and just get out of my mind and just completely focus on my body. So I teach a lot about mind-muscle activation. So if I'm working my triceps, for example, I need to really actually feel what's going on in that muscle. It's not just coming in and going, oh, three sets of 12, awesome, that's done. I'm actually, I really need to feel what's happening. And so I can't be thinking about all the things that are going on. Sometimes I'll walk in to the gym with a bit of a problem happening and I'll be like, seriously, it's like the world is just going to come to an end. And I get out of my 45-minute session and I think, what was that that I was worried about because I'm actually out of my mind and in my body and I think there's a really good space to be able to do that and even for mums just to be able to have that that time where you're training or guys to be able to get out of the house and just go this is my time for me stewarding your body and just going yep yeah, I'm gonna I mean that that I think is the bottom line for me is that we got we've been given all these areas of our life and we get to actually sculpt our body like bodybuilding at the end of the day if you were to go down that track is about sculpting your body you can actually like craft it, like you're not just like, that's my genetics, you can actually craft it. That's great. How about we put our hands together for Lee and for Jason. <laughs> have you learned something? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Here, Jason, you can have a bit of, you can have that, mate, for your effort. Thanks. Let's put our hands together one more time for Lee and for Jace. As with any one of these particular nights, we're just touching the surface. And if you're left with, oh, there's so many questions I didn't get answered, that's good. You're in a good place. In this church, we love the fact that people have questions. And we try to create time to answer those questions, whatever they may be, because we realise we're here to do life together. When it comes to the air of our bodies, we've heard today, what we're really after in light of this series 
is us just being a little bit more enlightened, aware, educated, in order to look after what we have been given. The last thing in the world we would want is someone to get into bondage or to leave this place feeling less than beautiful, feeling less than loved. What I want you to know is you are loved as you are right now. You do not have to lose a kilogram. You don't even have to lose a gram of weight. You don't have to change your image one iota. You are loved. There's a God in heaven who created you, who formed you and who fashioned you. And God does not make rubbish. God loves you. As I've already said when I started speaking tonight, seven billion people, all with a unique story and every story matters to God. And your story matters to God because you matter to Him. And in sharing what we've shared tonight, it's not to point a finger or to make anyone feel bad, but really, 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 just to help. And for us to be able to look after and to care for that which God has given us. And this we know, that because God has made us so uniquely that the body, soul and the spirit, they're all interlinked. And that's why Lee and Jason both said that when they do something physical, it affects them mentally and emotionally. That's because we are created by God and everything we do affects other parts of our being. And as a church, I really do think it would be amiss of us just to talk about spiritual things and only spiritual things. I think there's a place for that and we do that and we're going to continue to do that and that's actually the third part of this series. But we are complex beings and every area of our life needs tending to. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.